0: All the world's great civilizations have followed the same path, from bondage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy back to bondage. If we are to be the exception to history, then we must break the cycle, for those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. everybody this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event i open up with that scene from the movie swing vote you No, know, all the great societies followed the same path from bondage to liberty from liberty to abundance from abundance to complacency from complacency to apathy and from apathy back to bondage and that's kind of where uh we're seeing our country go uh you know we got a little big for our britches and then we put in a weak man, a weak man and weak leadership. And now we're heading back to bondage. We're right there, right there. I, and I use that, uh, that song round and round, uh, by rat. Um, cause I was thinking about this, you know, I was, I posted a thing on Facebook. I said, Hey, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. And it's the same round and round, the same crazy circles, the same, the same, the same uh, cycle that, that we must go through. And of course, if we can, uh, if we can actually look at, look at history, and if we can pay attention to what's going on, we could steer our way, ourselves away from this kind of stuff. We could steer, say, you know, you, you look at, you look at what's going on, look at what's going on and you, and you listen to what, if, if what you see. You know, my parents used to tell me, hey, don't believe anything you hear and only believe half of what you see. And if you look at what we see on TV and you look at what you see in, in, in person, when you listen to what you hear on the radio and what you hear people say on the media and what you read on Facebook and, and all the different social medias, and then you have to use your brain and sort it all out. So, you know, it, what what I don't understand is what, what I don't understand that people aren't figuring out. Hey, let's get let's get uh vaccinated, let's get boosted, let's get double vaccinated, let's get double boosted, let's do all this stuff. It doesn't seem to stop COVID. You everybody knows people are getting uh getting infected with COVID again. And of course, they're they're bad for a day, they're not so bad the second day, third day, they feel pretty good, and, the, and it and it's over. Just like people are getting the cold and people are getting the flu and people get sick for they get sore throats you know and hey this all goes goes around and now now we've had uh president biden has has covid oh my god he's been double vaccinated and double boosted but does anybody say hey you know it's a good they're all saying it's a good thing he got vaccinated because it would be a lot worse cuz he's 79 years old and you know he doesn't have he only has half a brain so he's got a lot of things not going for him that's uh that that puts him in a uh in an endangered situation, to have COVID, you know, with with no brain and uh, with no brain going on, and him being seventy nine, this it's a good thing he got vaccinated. How do you know? How does anybody know? Hey, you know, it, you know if I, I I sent a story over to my sister and said, look at this, these people, this guy, this guy uh, got uh, was killed. He was in the hospital, and his doctor uh, uh, prescribed ivermectin. And the hospital wouldn't let him take it. Well, he should have just taken it and not said anything. But she goes, "Well, if he'd been vaccinated, he wouldn't have died. How do you know? How does anybody know? Hey, you know what? If uh, you know if I, I, if I started if I didn't start taking Prevagen eight years ago, man, I would I would be in a lot worse shape. I can't I can't uh, figure. I don't know. Uh, I couldn't remember things. How do you know? Some people's brains work better when they get when they get older for longer periods of time." How do you know it would be worse if you didn't have a have a vaccine vaccination? I don't think anybody knows. And I and I just going to call BS on all this stuff. So anyway, I'm going to call BS on a lot of stuff. We saw this this week. But before I do, let me uh, introduce myself. For those of you that don't know know me, my name is Ed Hoffman. I'm branch manager at Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855 855- 640 2020, one last time, day or night, toll-free. Area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, because it's kind of personal, uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. You can where you can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you will hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, and we will help you find the missing pieces. To a real estate financing puzzle and uh, and I'll give you just a little bit of a little I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing but um, we've seen rates get like two and a half points worse since the beginning of the year and now it seems like we're we're turning around a little bit um, we know that the fed's going to raise raise the fed funds rate next week about either three quarters or a point they're speculating it might be a point because the because the because the inflation rate went up to over nine percent. Um, but the European central bank raised their rate from negative uh negative something to zero this past week and the and the bond market is rallying, the mortgage bonds are rallying uh because they like to see that uh the force is fighting against inflation. So they see that. Um, but pretty much we're we all know that we're in a recession and uh but the government won't announce it till probably the first part of 2023. But uh recession's coming recession's coming at which time they'll probably start lowering rates but they can't lower the rates if they're at zero so they're they've been raising them fast so they have some place to go so anyway uh if you're if you're if you're thinking about refinancing a piece of property owner or, or buying a piece of property you'd like to own or checking into one of those reverse mortgage fangs call me 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net click on the planet home landing logo. If there's any part of the, the, uh, the show you that you want repeated or you missed it, you can always go to ed and click on the podcast page Hear This show as well as several past shows. Uh, and you could uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get that on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple podcasts, and you can actually subscribe on Apple where, uh, I record Friday mornings It we upload it Friday afternoon and then it'll download to your device on uh, sometime thereafter. And uh, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to Ed at edhoffman.net. And just in case you need to know how to spell Ed, it's Ed. Um, some people try spelling Ed with two D's and I don't. So where does that come from? Not from Mr. Ed. Oh, Wilbur. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's talk about what's going on. So Joe Biden's trip to Saudi Arabia last week accomplished so little and caused such embarrassment that even members of his own party are speaking out. The president's 24 hours in the country were dominated by footage of his fist bump with Saudi prince, uh, Saudi pr- crown prince Mohammed bin Salman, nicknamed MBS, the leader believed to be responsible for the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi four years ago. For those, uh, for those of you that don't remember, here's the story behind that. Saudi Arabian journalist Jamal Khashoggi was hiding out in the United States for about a year, writing for the Washington Post as a Middle East correspondent. In this role, he wrote many pieces that were critical of the Saudi government. And of course, uh, you know if uh, if you leave a job and then you talk talk be, talk uh, talk smack behind their back, and then uh, that's you you know that you don't really want to go back and ask for a job from that same company if you back if you uh, if you talked crap on them after you left. Well, in October 2018, Khashoggi left the U.S. for it was supposed to be a brief trip traveling to Saudi consulate in Turkey. So he was in the United States. He wants to marry his uh, Turkish fiance. He goes to Turkey to the, to the Saudi consulate. uh, So he could get the paperwork that would allow him to marry his Turkish fiance. He probably should have just flown her to the United States and not had to do that. He was seen entering the consulate on October 2nd, and he was never seen again. Reportedly 15 men from the inner circle of the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, we also seen going into the consulate Turkish Turkish officials say Khashoggi was dismembered alive and killed by those 15 Saudis. They flew in on a private jet just for the occasion. Uh, that that's a disturbing uh, that's a disturbing picture in my mind. So that's a recap of what happened to Jamal Khashoggi in the, during the 2020 campaign. Remember, that's October of 2020. Joe Biden criticized Trump's diplomatic relationship with Saudi Arabia, of course, why wouldn't he, uh, in the light of Khashoggi's murder. And he, had a t- and he had some tough talk for how he would handle the Saudi prince MBS if Americans elected him president.
1: Khashoggi was in fact murdered and dismembered, and I believe in the order of the crown prince. And I would make it very clear we were going to, in fact, make them pay the price and make them, in fact, the pariah that they are.
0: Yeah, that's a strong talk. It's it's always easy to say if I were in that situation, this is what I would do. Until you're in that situation, and uh, you know, you say, "Hey, well, you know," and I and I and I think about, I think about, I'm I'm watching a boxing match, and I see I see one guys one guys bob, bobbing on the lo- on the ropes. He's got his hands down. He's tired. And I say, hey, get him now. Take attack him now. And then I got uh, a personal trainer who was doing uh, boxing with me on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, just as, uh, as cardio workout. And I got, to, I got to, to realize what happens in a boxing match. And you're punching, you're punching, you're punching, you're, you're swiveling, you're walking around, and you get tired too. So when they say, hey, get after him, get after him, you, you both boxers are out of, are out of gas. So a little bit of, of, Hey, if I were in there, well, this is what I would do. If I were there, uh, that's not always, that's not always realistic. Last week, Biden got that meeting. And as we all know now, he did not make the crown prince MBS feel like a pariah for killing Jamal Khashoggi. Instead, he gave him a nice little fist bump. The Biden administration has been putting out all kinds of spin like this claim from Pentagon spokesman John Kirby.
2: Uh, The president was very clear right up front in the meeting. In fact, it was the first thing he said was about uh, our, our concern, our continuing concern over the murder of Jamal Khashoggi and about human rights in general in Saudi Arabia. He laid it right out front. It was the first agenda item, and he was very direct about who he holds responsible for Mr. Khashoggi's death.
0: Yeah, says John Kirby, but when Saudi minister of state Adele Al Joubert gave an interview to Fox News. He stated that he did not recall hearing Biden say that. Here's a report from Fox's Alex Hogan.
2: Biden on his trip spoke to the crown prince saying that he holds him directly responsible. How did he respond to those comments? I
1: didn't hear that um, particular phrase.
2: As the president arrived back at the White House, journalists asked him about our interview and whether the minister is telling the truth about hearing the president's accusation. Biden swiftly responded, no.
0: He swiftly responded, no. Morton, I'm only going to ask
2: you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. yes
0: it is i'm satisfied well biden said who's we asked biden is the is the uh saudi minister of state telling the truth no okay i'm satisfied amazing amazing well somebody's somebody's lying it's either uh the saudi minister of state or it's president president biden who could it be and of course if we suggest that The Saudi minister of state, how could you take the word of the Saudi minister of state over our own president? Mm, Because it sounds more likely to me. So now some very uh, recognizable Democrats are blasting Biden for this fail. Adam, steaming pile of shift, tweeted out, if we ever needed a visual reminder of the continuing grip oil rich autocrats have on the U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East, we got it today. One fist bump is worth a thousand words. And here are two more Democrat voices you might recognize. You have a a leader of that country uh, who was involved in the murder of a
1: Washington Post journalist. Uh, I don't think that that type of government should be rewarded uh, with a visit by the president of the United States.
2: Going from calling uh, MPS a pariah to fist pumping him uh, was really disappointing. Um, This whole trip uh, sends the wrong message.
1: I just don't believe that we should be uh, maintaining a a warm relationship with a dictatorship uh, like that.
0: Yeah, you know it's a uh, it, it's a it's a tall job. It's a tall order to get somebody to make Bernie Sanders look intelligent, and uh, or uh, or Elon Omar. I'm sorry, Elon Nur sayed I to make them look uh, intelligent. But Biden was up for the task. You know, if uh, if if the whole if the whole purpose of this trip to Saudi Arabia was to let every world leader, uh, every world leader in the world. Watching this, see see that we're weak. Mission accomplished. So, of course, that's not the only fail from Biden's Saudi Arabia trip. He also came away from the meeting without any agreement from the Saudis on increasing their output of oil, which America wouldn't need if he hadn't sold off our reserves to the other countries two weeks ago, or if he was willing to drill on our land. In fact, the price of crude right after his trip rose five percent to one hundred six dollars and twenty seven cents on Monday. In the aftermath of the trip, it it came down a few days later, and now it's now it's right back up there. Um, as of Friday morning, it's one hundred and five dollars and twenty five cents per barrel. And reportedly, not only was there no agreement on increasing oil production, there was not even a discussion of it. From the New York Post, the prices shot up on Monday following comments by Saudi foreign minister, Prince Faisal bin Farhan al Saud who said the topic of OPEC plus boosting oil supply wasn't even raised during a summit meeting between Biden and the other Arab leaders. Then why did he go there? Why did he go there at all? Um, that fist bump was not very uh, productive. So he went there to give him a fist bump, look weak on the, on the world stage, um, tell him he's a pariah, didn't do that. And uh, and and beg him for more oil. And apparently, according to the New York Post, according to the foreign prime minister, Prince Faisal bin Farhan al Assad, they didn't even bring it up. Wouldn't you have loved to have been a, a fly on the wall in that room? And yet the White House is attempting to take credit for the small price drop, 50 cents per gallon over the past month, calling it one of the fastest declines in retail gas prices in a decade. Karine Jean-Pierre used it as a talking point. So he gets back with no commitment and the price of oil per barrel shot up. Is that what the president wanted, to go so there and have the price so of oil again, more expensive?
2: But again, we have seen gas prices go down in, in the past 34 straight days. Aren't they uh, dollars
0: a gallon higher than when you guys took office, though?
2: For, first of all. We have to look at the impact of how we got there, right? We, you think about, so there are outside factors that has led to gas prices going up, to uh, food, food prices going up, to inflation uh, going up. So that is really important. What the president is going to continue to do the work to make sure the prices go down. I'm going to go, I'm going to continue, Peter.
0: She's on the ropes, Peter. Hit her again, hit her again. She's on the ropes. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's bobbling. She just, she's just babbling gibberish. Play that clip one more time. And this time, this time, listen to what she's saying and then tell me, what did she say? So he gets back with no commitment and the price of oil per barrel shot up. Is that what the president wanted? To go so there and have the price so of oil more expensive?
2: But again, we have seen gas prices go down in in the past 34 straight days. Aren't they uh, down dollars
0: a gallon higher than when you guys took office, though?
2: For, first of all. We have to look at the impact of how we got there, right? We, you think about, so there are outside factors that has led to gas prices going up, to uh, food, food prices going up, to inflation uh, going up. So that is really important. What president is going to continue to do the work to make sure the prices go down. I'm going to go, I'm going to continue, Peter.
0: Yeah, we have to think about what, how we got here to begin with. Well, let's look at that. Let's look at it. It's not... All outside outside uh, influences it's inside influences maybe if maybe if Biden had had taken off from uh, Andrews Air Force Base uh, where the, where uh, Air Force One starts at and instead of going east, why didn't he just go west and go over to Texas and ask them for more oil or over to Alaska and ask them for more oil or go to North Dakota and ask them for more oil let's get the the pipeline going. this would fix everything. Let's think about how we got here. We know how we got here. We all know how we got here, and you're not fooling anybody out there. Just go, just stay here in the United States. You know, Trump, Trump would say, hey, screw you guys. We don't care about Saudi. We don't care about Venezuela. We don't care about Russia. You guys go do your thing. We're going to drill our own, and you guys fight for whatever's left. We're going to drill our own. Hey, we don't need, we don't need uh, Chinese imports. We're going to bring everything back. There's nothing that China manufactures that we can't manufacture. So we'll bring all that stuff to the United States, and if it costs too much, then we'll reduce regulations so it's, so it's it's less costly, and the, and you know the impact of that, the strength of the United States, hey, you know, do you really want to pay ten cents more for for a for a, a dollar pro, you know a dollar product or or twenty five cents more for a T-shirt or something because it's made in the United States. Do you mind doing that if you have two dollars a gallon gas? I'm thinking that if you look at the big picture, we want Trump back. Oh, but people don't want to vote for Trump. We don't want to vote for Trump because he's so divisive and he says mean things and we don't like him. Yeah, I have a feeling that even the Democrats out there are going, We don't like Trump, but life was sure a lot easier when Trump was here. No, we didn't have we didn't have that. That old guy telling us how we're just going to have to put up with this stuff because the climate change, people, we have to protect the environment, which we're going to get to right now. So uh, what does the president do every time he fails at something? Create a distraction. you old look over here tactic. So uh, and at this point, Biden has had so many failures that there's a full blown plan behind the scenes to stop him from running for a second term. They're tired of him going, hey, you know, but look at this. Well, you know, when Trump was in here. Hey, guess what, buddy? This is this is your your disaster. It's your it's your uh, fiasco. It's not Trump's. Trump took the fiasco that was Biden administration and he turned it around. Even though you guys fought him every step of the way, and now we've got all kinds of illegal illegal immigrants in this country all over the place, committing crime and creating havoc. You guys lowered the lowered the uh, the standards for uh, being in jail. You guys did everything that has the crime, the, the homelessness, everything, and the high price of gas, which turned into the high price of everything else. You guys created it. Can't blame it on Trump. Trump clearly fixed things, and you clearly destroyed it. So now he's, now he has to give the party what they want, or he's done, period. Last week, Jill Biden, Jill Biden reportedly whined to the DNC donors about how Joe's hopes and plans for his presidency have been dashed. Yeah, probably about the time that his brain leaked out through his left ear. I don't know. Uh, his hopes and plans. Well, you know what? If you looked at history, if Democrat voters would have looked at history, he doesn't have a good plan, uh, track record for making any smart decisions. But they put him in the, in office anyway. So let's take this one step at a time. We know Congress won't pass his Build Back Better agenda. It passed the House, but not the Senate. And members like Joe Manchin, well, Joe Manchin, won't budge and uh making him effectively the hero of the country because he won't he won't let uh the democrats just spend another multi trillion dollar uh uh bill to just spend our money spend our money that won't create inflation no well that's kind of the definition of it uh democrats have been pressuring uh biden for months to use executive powers to push through the climate funding portion of the bill never mind that the new york times poll last week only said said that only of voters even think climate's even a priority. Hey, so before I go any further, let's stop right here because I'm all out of time for uh, this half of the main event. Uh, So stay tuned for five minutes traffic, weather and sports, and I'll be right back with lots more. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. Welcome back to part two, of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Planet Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, uh, but I could, I could talk all day long about it. But let me just give you, let me just give you a few little tips of what I see going on. If you're if you're out there shopping for a house, clearly we're seeing a lot more houses come on the market because things cooled off a little bit. So sellers that were thinking about thinking about getting ready to get their house on the market they suddenly put their houses on the market. Second, there's a ton of there's a the the buyers suddenly got tired of the greed out there and they're not overbidding the they're not overbidding these houses like they were. And we're seeing houses come on the market and then you know a week later a week later big price drops. And my my reminder my reminder for sellers is Putting your house in the market and having it sell in in three hours is not the norm. Have putting your house in the market and having it sell the first weekend is not the norm either. normally, you know it's uh fifteen to thirty days um, on the market before you get an offer don't be Don't be impatient on the other hand, on the other hand, buyers you guys look at houses and I always tell people when they're when they're shopping for a house to live in, look at ten houses in the same day, in the area you're looking for at your price range. And if the first house that you see is the best house for the best price in the best neighborhood, it'll still be there at the end of the day when you see the other nine houses. And after you see nine more houses, you'll know what a great deal is. You'll know what it's worth. The free market always works. Don't listen to the pressure of the of uh, what's going on. Oh, wait, hey, if you don't move fast, you're not going to get it. If you're not gonna, if you don't uh, write a write a go twenty five thousand over the list price, you're not gonna get it. Go see ten houses in your price range, in the area you want to buy a house, on the same day, and then you'll know. But the realtors are saying, "Oh man, you're making a set, show ten houses to the same buyer. That's not gonna be uh, cost efficient on my time." Well, you get paid a lot of money to sell these houses. Do the job. Make sure they find the right house for them. Make sure that they know what they're buying is is the right thing. Uh, If you're a seller, you know, hey, you're never going to sell at the exact top, and you're never going to buy at the exact bottom. So when you're looking looking for a house that you're going to invest in, it's all about how much money out of your pocket, how much cash flow is coming in. It's all about the numbers. When you're buying a house to live in, it's all about what makes your wife happy. So make your wife happy, but go see 10 houses in the same day in the same area uh at the at the at the price that you're qualified at and then you'll know then you'll know that you knew that you know that this is the right house to to bid on and you'll know what the price is uh don't depend on someone else to tell you you'll know it's like listen watch fox watch newsmax watch cnn watch pms nbc listen to the main event see what you see in your own life and then put it all together and you scramble it all together in your head and decide what what makes sense to you. Hey, also, if you want to know more about all this stuff, uh, my book that came out uh last fall, uh Experience Matters Here's Mine, is available on ed And uh very soon we'll be out in audiobook. So uh so if you want it, go to edhoffman.net and uh and buy Experience Matters here's mine. It's got great reviews, and um everybody seems hey! This sounds like like you told a story of my life. I told a story of everybody's life. I just pointed out the I pointed out the uh the lessons that we learn in it. Ed Hoffman.net for Experience Matters, here's mine. So anyway, let's talk about uh so before the break, we were talking about the climate change diversion. So Biden, Biden gets himself in a pickle, he changes the he changes the subject. They start uh they start talking about climate change, and uh now everybody's uh everybody's Looking at Biden, going, ah, we got to cover up for him so often. We got to get rid of him. So Biden's pandering to the uh, to the Democrats to make sure, hey, I got to do this and do that because, you know, it's 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 just not looking good for me that they're going to nominate me again. He won't even be alive in 2024, uh, not mentally anyway. So in the fallout of the failed Saudi trip, as Democrats continue to lose faith in him. We heard that Biden might declare a national climate emergency at his Massachusetts coal plant speech on Wednesday. Here's the idea. If he makes, an, makes it an official emergency declaration, funds can be redirected without congressional approval. So we know that Congress, Congress uh, is in charge of the purse, in charge of what we spend our, our tax money on. Uh, but if he declares a national emergency then he can, just, he can just direct it without getting congressional approval. On Tuesday evening, we heard that he would not be making an official declaration yet. But at the event Wednesday, he did announce it, sort of. I come here today with a message.
1: As president, I have a responsibility to act with urgency and resolve when our nation faces clear and present danger. And that's what climate change is about. It is literally, not figuratively, a clear and present danger. The health of our citizens and our communities is literally at stake. In the coming days, my administration will announce the executive actions we have developed to combat this emergency. We need to act. Just take a look around. Right now, 100 million Americans are under heat alert. Extreme weather is already damaging our military installations here in the states. And our economy is at risk. So we have to act. Extreme weather disrupts supply chains causing delays and shortages for consumers and businesses. Climate change is literally an existential threat to our nation and to the world.
0: Oh, my God, a clear and present danger. 100 million people are under heat alert. Hey, Joe, it's called summer. It's called summer. It's hot every summer. Oh, my God. We were in uh, Bullhead City a couple of weeks ago. It was 115 degrees. It's always 115 degrees in Bullhead City in the summertime. I mean, I've seen it almost, I think think there was one time that it was almost 140 degrees. And say, hey, you know what? Keep the doors closed and the air conditioning on. Or stay in the pool. Or get on your boat. And when it gets too hot, stop the boat in the middle of the lake and jump in and cool off. It's called summer, Joe. You know, it's say, hey, we're talking about all this climate change. Climate change, you know, I've been noticing for the last 60 years since I've been on this planet, I've been noticing climate change all over the place. Every three months, it goes from uh, hot to cools off to cold, and then it starts to warm up, and then it gets hot, and then it cools off, and then it's cold. It's called summer, fall, winter, spring. It's affecting our supply chain. Yeah, because all the truck drivers that are moving the supply chain have to turn their air conditioners on in their in their truck, and that makes that makes the gas go faster because it it uh, it burns you burn more gas with the air conditioner on. But they can't just open the window because it's too hot, so they leave on the air air conditioner, and that creates a supply chain problem. Not because of the heat, because the price of gas is so high, because you turned off the supply. And then of course we have we have truckers that are that are super hot because they're outside their trucks in Oakland because they're blocking the port. So they're protesting that, that California had a uh, passed AB five and is putting it into uh, enforcement as of last week. And now if you're an independent trucker, if you're not an employee of a union based company, you can't drive. So all these truckers, which I understand is about 70% of everything that gets moved, gets moved by an independent trucker, meaning a trucker that owns his truck, Pays his gas, pays for his tires, pays his insurance, and, uh, and bills by the load. Doesn't change any of the, di- any of the, of the finances of, of, uh, of trucking. All it does is not put an employer in there. And if the employers aren't in there, then I guess the unions can't get their dues. So now you've got truckers in Oakland blocking the port. So what does that do? Was that, uh, is that climate change? Oh, and those truckers are out there in the parking lot with their trucks blocking everything, and they don't have air conditioning when they're not in their trucks. I don't think it's climate change, Joe. It's idiocy. So just how much taxpayer money are we throwing at this national climate emergency? Here it is. When it comes to fighting for climate change, climate
1: change, I will not take no for an answer. That's why today I'm making the largest investment ever, $2.3 $2.3 billion to help communities across the country build infrastructure that's designed to withstand the full range of disasters we've been seeing to, up to today. Extreme heat, drought, flooding, hurricanes, tornadoes. Right now, there are millions of people suffering from extreme heat at home. So my team is also working with the states to deploy $385 million right now. For the first time, states will be able to use federal funds to pay for air conditioners in homes, set up community cooling centers in schools where people can get through these extreme heat crises. This is the United States of America. When we put our hearts and minds to it, there's not a single thing beyond our capacity. I mean it. When we act together, and of all things we
0: should be acting together on, it's climate. It's climate. This is the United States. When we put our hearts and minds to it, There's not anything we can't accomplish. Oh, my God, that's so patriotic. Why didn't he say that in front of uh, in front of uh, Mount Rushmore on 4th of July? Uh, It just sounds like one of those speeches. I don't know, but we're going to spend two point three billion dollars to for this existential threat. So all these so that we're prepared for all these natural disasters like tornadoes and tornadoes and hurricanes and. Lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. Uh, you know, don't we already have air conditioners? $385 million are going to go to the states. What's that money for? Are we ever going to know how that got spent? It's for air conditioners. Air conditioners at home. Well, I don't know. I grew up in my house, uh, my parents' house in Lakewood, and, uh, which is only about 10 miles from the beach, and it wasn't quite as hot as the Inland Empire, so we didn't have air conditioning at our house. But uh, when my dad remodeled it later, later he put air conditioning in and the government didn't help out with that. And now all the new houses being built have air conditioning. I even bought a house last year in uh, Montana and they threw in the air conditioning for free. He goes, hey, the the realtor told me, hey, the builder is not going to take any less than the list price, but they will throw in the air conditioning. And I go, throw in the air conditioning? I thought air conditioning came with, just came with it. Well, not in Montana, but he's throwing it in for free. Really? How generous, how generous of him. That's in Montana. So in the, in the hot States, in the States where it's hot, everybody has air conditioning. Oh, and the schools and the community centers, the schools are already air conditioned. So what are we doing with that 385 million? We're just giving it away to politicians. There's a reason why people spend a billion dollars to get a job that, that uh, pays $400,000 a year because there's a lot more that goes out and there's a whole bunch of money that you're in control of that is just a bottomless pit of cash. And where did that cash come from? Us, the taxpayers. So it's pretty, it's pretty ama- It's pretty amazing. So uh, as you've heard by now, there's also a point that Biden's climate emergency speech where he announced that he has cancer. The first frost, you know what was happening?
1: They had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer and why For the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation.
0: He and so many other people in Delaware have cancer. I didn't know he had cancer. According to uh, the spin from the White House, it, he's talking about uh, skin cancer. And I guess lots of people have had uh, lesions and little, uh, little cancer marks on their, on their, on their skin taken off. But I don't think those are caused by oil in the air from factories. I think it's, I think it's by the sun. And of course my wife, my wife tells me that she was a sun goddess. Uh, she was a sun goddess in the, uh, in the, uh, in her young days and she put a cooking oil on her body to get tan faster. Uh, is that what he's talking about? oil got on his body and it made him get tan faster when all the when all the kids at the pool were jumping on his lap all the cockroaches and little kids jumping on his back and uh you know he had hairy legs and the kids would like to put water on his hairy legs and watch to watch the hair stand up when they when the sun dries them off oh my god and he loves kids on his lap pay attention folks turns out he just has dementia oh and covid Forgot to mention, hey that folks, guess COVID. you heard
1: this morning I tested positive for COVID, but I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild, and uh, and I really appreciate your inquiries and your concerns. But I'm doing well, I'm getting a lot of work done, going to continue to get it done, and uh,
0: and in the meantime, thanks for your concern and keep the faith, it's going to be okay. Yeah, keep the faith, and of course, uh, Thursday when it was announced that he had COVID. Um, I see Dr. Mark Siegel come on and say, say, hey, uh he's got he's getting Paxlovid, and uh and everybody and he's gonna be okay. And somebody say, Well, isn't Paxlovid the same thing that Fauci took when he got it? And Fauci said it made it worse. Oh yeah, but uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be good for Biden because he's got vaccinated and double vaccinated and uh double boosted, and uh is gonna be the best. When did Mark Siegel? sellout used to be able to say, ah, they're over, they're panicking to this thing. You don't need to wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. This they're overblowing this thing. Now he's a complete sellout. So, and I, and I would bet the Democrats are panicking, panicking because they go, Oh my God, what if this goes bad? We haven't got rid of Kamala Harris yet. And she could slide into the white house. Oh my God, what are we going to do? The Republicans have been thinking the same thing for the past two years, but now the now the now the uh, Democrats are having that same thing. But climate is not the only fake emergency this White House is planning to announce. They're also planning to announce a healthcare emergency over what? What else? Abortion. From Politico this week, the proposal would rely on powers under the Public Readiness Emergency and Emergency Preparedness Act, PREP. That's why all these laws sound so stupid. Is because they got to make acronyms out of them out of them public readiness and emergency preparedness act reserved for the public health emergencies to shield doctors pharmacies and others from liability from providing abortion pills even in states that have outlawed or severely restricted the procedure so let's see the supreme court decides in the 1970s that based on roe versus wade that abortion is constitutionally protected then in 2022 the uh, so that makes it legal all over the place. It says, "Hey, it's constitutional right." Then in 2022, the Supreme Court says, "Well, it's not really a constitutional right. This should go back to the go back to the states." And then that gives the states uh, some. Some of the states made big restrictions on abortion as they should have. So so then there's the abortion pill, which isn't actually doing abortion. It's a pill that makes your body have its own abortion. so they want to protect they want to make sure that, well, since it's really kind of like giving abortions, that we're going to protect the pharmacies and the doctors from, from doing this. So if at first if at first uh, the, the, the court and the laws don't support what you do, figure out ways to get past it. This week, the, the House passed two bills, neither one of them which will pass the Senate, uh, one that says it's legal to cross state lines to get an abortion which I don't think was illegal anyway. And the second one, to, to, keep, it, to keep abortion legal uh, in all the states. So they don't, they're not saying it's a constitutional right. They're just saying it's legal. Neither one of these will pass, pass the Senate. But it's kind of a symbolic thing that they're doing. It reminds me of a scene from uh, Primary Colors. You never surprised me.
1: Do you know almost no one stepped up and voted with us because it was right? They always ask for a Lulu. Lulu. I, yeah, it's New York fraud official sweeteners. Anyway, we'd win, and then we'd be gutted in the Senate. We'd settle for their version, and then the White House would veto, which we knew from the start. Then what? We'd celebrate our great moral victory. We forced the veto.
0: Yeah, so they're passing these laws they know aren't going aren't gonna to go anywhere, but they're celebrating their great moral victory, so the Democrats will remember. We did everything we could to protect abortion rights. So as if that's going to change their votes that, hey, price of gas is $6 a gallon. Uh, Yeah, but I can't, have. but at least I can have an abortion. I don't know. Meanwhile, a group of eight House Democrats called for legislation on Monday that would add four seats to the Supreme Court. So now they're proposing these bills and uh, in the in the uh, in the House, they're calling it the 2021 Judiciary Act. Hmm. Isn't this 2022? They're calling it the 2021 Judiciary Act, but it's 2022. And they're claiming it's the only answer to a Supreme Court at crisis with itself and with our democracy where basic freedoms are under assault. So that's two efforts underway to fight the courts overturn of Roe versus Wade. Uh, Then we have Vice President who used her time on stage at the NAACP convention on Monday to compare abortion restrictions to slavery
2: that our country has a history of claiming ownership over human bodies. And today, extremist so-called leaders are criminalizing doctors and punishing women for making health care decisions for themselves.
0: Yeah, well, that's because there's more than just themselves. When they're pregnant, they have a, another some, someone else's self inside them, and it's called murder. So, and finally, we have we have the demonstration that resulted in the arrest of two brave members of Congress, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Elon Omar. I'm sorry, Elon Nur said Elmi, uh, participating in an abortion protest outside the Supreme Court. Both congressmen were led away peacefully. By officers unrestrained, and yet both of them held their hands behind their backs as if they were handcuffed. Gee, it's almost like they planned this. I don't know. In uh, El- in Omar's case, let's say uh, Nurse Aide Elmi's case, an officer wasn't even escorting her. Somebody tweeted out in this clip: Elon Omar appears to be wearing fake handcuffs and walking away with her alone, with her hands behind her back, because she apparently arrested herself. And in AOC's case, one of her hands went up at one point to give the cheering crowd a fist pump, something you can, uh, that you can't really do if you're handcuffed. And I say a fist pump. I call it, call it more of a power to the people kind of a symbol. After hearing the people weren't falling for it, AOC responded on Twitter. No faking here. Putting your hands behind your back is the best practice while, while detained, handcuffed or not, to avoid escalating charges like resisting arrest. Oh, so she's she's starting to point fingers at the cops now. And now now because this woman never stops talking about herself, she went to her favorite platform, Instagram Live.
2: Republicans favorite hobby is to make conspiracy theories out of everything to distract you and keep you from talking about what's actually important, which is the fact that they are trying to take away your right to bodily autonomy. If I was faking that, why would I intentionally fist pump somebody? It's so silly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Why would she do it? Because she forgot that she was pretending to be arrested and got overwhelmed by the crowd cheering her on and she couldn't help herself put up her fist and, and take a, take a bow. She should, she would have curtsied, but she wasn't wearing a dress. So she just, you know, the Democrats are just out of control. They're out of control and they have no responsibility for what they do. They, you know, Hey, we're paying them. You know, the, the, the Congress people get one hundred and seventy two thousand dollars a year, plus they get all their expenses paid, and they're just doing whatever they want. There's no responsibility they don't feel like like they have to serve the people, the people serve them. I got elected, so everybody served me because I'm special. you know it's just it's people it's people spending our money that is irresponsible and let me let me end with a, end the show with a little uh, story that that I noticed. I sold my big commercial building on the on the sixty freeway that two months ago, and of course, uh, and of course, the uh, the buyer tells me, "Hey, you got thirteen air conditioners, and they're sixteen years old. But you need to lower the price of the, ha- of the building hundred thousand bucks." And I go, "Why? Because we need to replace them. They're sixteen years old. Yeah, they've been they've been serviced regularly for sixteen years, and they all work." And she goes, "Well, I'm going to replace them. I'm going to donate the donate the, the the existing air conditioners to my church." which I don't know what they're going to do with big giant uh, commercial air conditioners like that. But I, I happened to notice, I pulled title on the building and I said, you know what? I sold her this building for three hundred three point two five million, 3.25 million. And I looked on title and she borrowed like $4.2 million. And guess who loaned it to her? They asked, you know, who guaranteed the, the loan, the small business administration. So no wonder she's spending money. Like, like it's not hers because it's not hers. She borrowed the whole thing. And I just go, hmm, why would you waste, why would you waste a hundred thousand bucks on new air conditioners when the old air conditioners still work? And this is just another example. If it's not your money, you just don't treat it the same. And we were so amazed when we had President Trump in there because he went to the to the White House and he looked at the taxpayer fund like it was his and started spending it responsibly and everything was getting good in the country until the Democrats stole the election. So anyway, I'm a lot of time for this episode of the main event. Hopefully I uh, taught you guys some some, uh, some ideas or planted some seeds. And uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet home lending LLC and host of the main event heard weekends right here on AM 590, the answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the
2: Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID one seven zero two two. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act.
0: AM 590, the answer.